0: Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. I'm delighted to welcome you to today's program. Today's program is part two of a very special series. The series is How to Create a Culture of Evangelism in Your Local Church. Our guest today is Dr. Carlton Bird. Carlton Bird is the Speaker Director for Breath of Life Ministries and also the Senior Pastor of the Adventist Church at Oakwood University. Carlton, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, just before we press on, there's something I'd like to encourage our viewers to do. If our viewers missed uh, the first in this series, you're welcome to join us on our website, ministryinmotion.tv, and there you can view on demand the previous program so you won't miss anything. So Carlton, In our earlier program, we looked at the importance of working with the the leadership of the church, putting the right people in the right leadership places in the church, particularly for ministry and impacting people. But I'd like to begin today by looking at the power of preaching in building a culture of evangelism in a local church. You're renowned as a very powerful preacher, an inspiring preacher. You're gifted
1: in that area. Tell us how you do it. Well, with preaching, it's very, very important uh, to reach your listeners and understand, you know, Paul says we must be all things to all people. One thing I've tried to do in my ministry, particularly in my preaching, is to most effectively reach the audience you're presenting to. Not every audience is the same. One size does not fit all, so it's very important that you tailor your preaching in such a way that you're able to be effective with the diverse and multiple listeners that you're preaching to. Uh, You also have to understand there's a difference between evangelistic preaching and preaching, as as it were, uh, just for your regular corporate weekly corporate worship experience. Um, But I think that in any presentation, any preaching presentation, it it must be compelling uh, to the point where you make an appeal so that individuals have the opportunity to respond to the voice of God uh, after the preached word. Uh, I shared earlier in our series that I see myself preaching to two people. Uh, Number one, the person who may be hearing the gospel for the first time, and then number two, the person who may be hearing the gospel for the last time. Uh, The preacher is God's mouthpiece. He or she is God's voice that God is using at that particular time to reach his people. And it's very important that as preachers, uh, we understand the the seriousness of that and the great sensitivity uh, that should go with that. I have found with uh, evangelism, uh, evangelistic preaching does not need to be limited to the public evangelistic campaign. Uh, You could, for example, uh, engage in consecutive weeks with series preaching. Uh, relative to different things in evangelism or if you want to explain the Word of God. Uh, I just finished preaching a series on the parable of the sower. Mm -hmm. And out of that parable, I was able to get four sermons, you Mm know, Uh, the different groups of people that represent the different soils. Uh, And and with that, you establish the primacy of God's Word, and hopefully people will desire to dig deeper Mm. in God's Word so that when the farmer throws seed, it'll sprout up, on good ground and good soil. Uh, In evangelistic preaching, I make sure that I cover certain areas. Uh, Number one, salvation in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, the second coming of Jesus Christ. I want salvation and I'm looking forward to his second coming. Uh, And then after that, I'll go through with the millennium and the state of the dead and just continue on and on and on. Uh, in the public campaign, but sometimes I'll do that even uh, in the local church of course. Uh, consecutive weeks. Yeah. Let me bring you back to how do you inspire, how do
0: you motivate a, a local church through your preaching? What are you particularly looking to do? Do you, do you find yourself gravitating towards particular type of sermons? Is there a, a passage that... Or a section of scripture that particularly warms your heart that you like to expand upon to the congregation.
1: It's interesting you ask that. There are different ways. Uh, it could be it could be based on seasons. You know, mm-hmm. if it's around uh, Father's Day time, we may seek to challenge the men. Uh, if we seek to be around Easter time, we will seek you know to talk about the passion of the Christ. Um, it, it could also be you know one way I know what to preach and how to inspire my people is through visitation. As a pastor, you really don't know your people and what they're needing, unless you have a relationship with them. The gospel is relational. Mm. Uh, There are great pulpiteers out there, but you won't know what to preach if you don't know what your people are needing. And so I have found that through visitation, that also helps uh, with determining what subject matter I present from the pulpit. I would also like to suggest if uh, there's been a series of deaths or tragedies, uh, you know, I, a lot of times I like to preach Job, mm. or I preach in the book of Psalms, you know, and whatnot. Um, it could also be what is taking place in current events, mm. you know, in our country or in our world. Uh, that would be a guide. But out of all of those, I, I want to say the visitation really helps me most.
0: Okay. So it's, it's not what happens so much in the actual worship service, but right. it's, it's being aware of the needs of the congregation at that time. Yeah, yeah, okay. So coming then further on to, let's just pause for a minute with appeals at the end of your your, your sermons, particularly appeals to engender inspiration and motivation to inspire people to to reach out and befriend others, for example.
1: I have found that when you're transparent, authentic
0: mm-hmm.
1: people respond. Okay. The transparency, the authenticity, they respond. Okay. But please be clear, it's, it's not necessarily my transparency and my authenticity, but that's combed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I believe that wholeheartedly.
0: You know, I think you're under something here, Carlton, because that transparency, when you're talking about having a culture of evangelism and growing that in the church, mm-hmm that culture needs to be in the leader, the leadership in the preacher for it to be authentic and to register with the local church.
1: And I think that's important, particularly in the world in which we live today. Uh, there are so many voices people can hear. Yeah, They're looking for transparency, authenticity, the realism of the individual, the realism of the voice.
0: Right. Now, I'm also interested in what you do in terms of preparatory things. To reach out to the community, what you can do, nuts and bolts things in the community, to inspire the church, and to to build relationships with the church that has that culture of evangelism. Can we talk about that straight after this break? Yes. Okay. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Today we're looking at building a culture of evangelism in your local church. This is part two of a special three-part series. Our guest is Dr. Carlton Bird. Now, Carlton, the time comes Mm -hmm. when there is some momentum in the church and it's time to build some bridges to the the local community. Talk us through that. How does that work? What do you do?
1: Well, I think that you have to scratch where people are itching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to know what the felt needs are of a community because they may be different uh, within one city, uh, but you have to know where you're ministering and what the different needs are in that context. Um, one of my favorite writers, Ellen White says, he who seeks to transform humanity must first understand humanity. Mm. And I think that's very critical. So in harmony with that, uh, I seek. Through the church and collectively we seek to understand humanity in efforts to transform humanity so we're scratching where they're itching uh, i have found that several community initiatives where people are clear and they understand you're not trying to proselytize them you're not trying to make them something they aren't it's not you know bait and you know mm-hmm. switch or whatever but it's one less, let's just be friends yeah let's let's engage in some activities that are common and that we can be friends. One of them I have found, uh, everyone loves music. You know, so I have found, for example, we'll have uh, popular Christian musical artists, some within our denominational ranks, some within the greater Christian community, that'll share their ministry at our church. And because of their uh, popularity, Mm -hmm. and because individuals are very well aware of their ministries, Uh, We'll have them come sing at our church. Uh, It'll be free, open for the community. We'll do uh, great publicity uh, to make sure that our community is aware. And and we find that many individuals, they come. Um, They're excited about what transpires and takes place. Uh, Of course, they're blessed by the music. For many, it may be their favorite artists. And they realize, you know, these individuals are Christians just like me they love Jesus Christ just like me. And so they're able to come, uh, experience a powerful worship experience, they're blessed, and then they leave, and they leave saying, you know, that was good. Yeah. So therefore in the future, at subsequent events or initiatives, they're more apt to say, hey, I'll try them again. You mm-hmm. know, I'll, I think it's good, I enjoyed it myself. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I've done, Uh, that I think is very, very important and very, very, works well. Uh, Back with the the thought, go ye therefore, Uh, don't just say come to us, but go, Uh, within the context that our pastor is very urban, and with that, we'll seek to have a block party, not at the church, but we may take it to a park in the city, we may take it to a housing development uh, in the city, and we'll have Christian music, We may have face painting for the kids, food giveaway, clothing giveaway, water, our children's choirs and youth choirs may sing. And it's just a great thing for the community to come uh, and be a part of. Again, non-threatening, not trying to proselytize, just say, let's have a good Christian time one with another. And we have found this to be very effective, particularly when we go to the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, most effectively uh, I was pastoring in Atlanta Georgia and uh, we used to have a block party where we took to a housing development so if the housing development had a thousand to 1500 residents and then we brought a good number of persons from our church I mean it was a great experience hundreds of people thousands mm. where we're mingling one with another and this is not just for the benefit of the persons and the housing development, but this is also for the benefit of our church members. Exactly. That we might rub shoulders with others, uh, see other people, they get to see us, meet one another, and there's that interfacing and interchange, and it's very, very, very powerful.
0: Now, what, what about serving opportunities in the, the local community? Um, you've done things like
1: oil changes and that yeah, type of thing? let me tell you about that, yeah, you've heard about that. And what we'll do is we'll identify on a Sunday, if you will, mm-hmm. where we would have passed out flyers before that Sunday throughout the community. And uh, we'll just pass out little flyers, free oil change in our church parking lot. And we really try to target single parents mm-hmm. and senior adults. And they'll come through. We don't want anything from them, but we're just saying, we'll change your oil. Our men's ministries department, our Pathfinders, our young people, they will engage. Uh, we don't ask for anything. We just want to change your oil. Change your oil. Come through and change your oil. Again, another positive experience. I, I actually read about another church doing this and got the idea and said, hey, we can do this too. Yeah. And it was very, very positive. There's another thing. Um, back a couple of years ago uh, when the housing market was you know, kind of mm-hmm. on the slide, on the decline, uh, there was an initiative. There was an initiative called NACA. Uh, neighborhood association relative to homes. If individuals came to a seminar, they would be able to receive a certificate and they would be able to take that certificate to an insurance company. If they were getting homeowner's insurance, they were able to get a discount uh, on their insurance for their home. Well, I was seeking out how we could host it at our church. Sure enough, we did, thousands of individuals came. No cost to our church, but again, the public, the community, uh, they came in through our doors, uh, saw our sanctuary, saw our church. Uh, we were there being attentive to their needs. And again, another positive spirit experience, not trying to proselytize, not trying to make them something, just let's be friends, let's be Christ-like. And I have found these initiatives to be very, very beneficial
0: to our church. Tell us, what, what, what does that do to a congregation when they see thousands of people coming?
1: Oh, get invigorated, oh, yeah. inspired, you know. Uh, And then it makes it easier uh, when you want to follow up uh, with different initiatives where people are more receptive. And so when our members see that, uh, they're very, very excited.
0: Right, okay. So, now... Demographic information is something that I want to explore with you. Okay. All right, because that's important in understanding that, and particularly the the demographics that you go looking for, the specific figures, the specific details. So we've seen how you create momentum through your preaching, through worship, through community initiatives. Okay. We just want to pull this thread a little more with you, Carlton. Okay. Thanks so much. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is creating a culture of evangelism in your local church, and our guest is Dr. Carlton Bird. Now, Carlton, the, the importance of demographics what numbers, what details do you go looking for? What really matters in that? whole area of demographics
1: well with us with demographics we're really trying to secure the demographic data or data of all the individuals who have participated attended or been engaged in all the different initiatives we spoke of earlier okay so let's say for example uh, a musical concert Mm -hmm. we're very very intentional that if visitors come to the musical concert that has the popular Christian artists, that there's some type of card, there's some type of instrument that we're able to secure the demographic data from everyone that has come. So your name, your address, your city, your state, your email address, all that information, we seek to get uh, Facebook information, we are your Facebook user, Mm -hmm. we seek to get all of that information. So therefore, if you have a popular singer, a pop- popular musician, it's free, you've invited the community, uh, you have your greeters and your ushers situated to, for everyone who enters, church members alike, get this information. Uh, we have a card that says church affiliation as well. Mm-hmm. They're able to write their church, they may have none, and we're able to get all of that information and store it and put it in our database. And the good thing is, if we have the musical concert, uh, then we go now with the block party. We referenced that earlier. And with the block party, we do the same thing. Okay. So if we go to a housing development or if we go to a park, wherever we go to, we ask the people to fill out the cards. And we may tell them, if you, if you fill out the card, this will make you eligible for a free gift. Mm-hmm. And they'll want a free gift, so we you know, give out Uh, The cards, they fill them out. Well, when the persons fill those out, they turn them in. Again, we add all of these into our database. And so what happens is when we have subsequent activities, subsequent events, we then are able to say, thank you very much for coming out to our block party. Thank you very much for coming out to our musical concert. We are now going to have a free oil change day. Mm. Feel free to join us on January 1 for our oil change day in the parking lot of, you know, our church. And again, they come. Well, I had a positive experience at the concert. I had a positive experience with the block party. Let me go now and get my oil change. Exactly. All right, so then we, we have the people, they come for the oil change. A part of it, again, is securing that demographic data. So, you know, we have to make sure they sign a waiver with the oil change, and if something goes wrong, they don't hold us accountable. <laughs> but uh, they fill out their name address, city, state, phone number, uh, email address, are they a Facebook user? And again, for everyone that comes through, we get that demographic data. We're, we're now storing it in such a way uh, that did they come to the concert? Yes. Did they come to the block party? Yes. Did they get their oil change? Yes. Or maybe they got one of three or two of three. But we're storing all that information. So then we now move to the Homeowners workshop the NACA workshop well with that the same thing Fill out this card if you fill out this card. I remember we had them fill out the card and We then took all the cards put them together Persons who filled out they were eligible to receive a gas card with high gas prices Everyone wanted to fill them out. We did that and of course we had hundreds of cards now that we again added to our database and Carlton, so this was a great way for us to communicate Kate continually with these individuals.
0: Carlton, you've just about got me wanting to fill out a card right now. To right. Fill one out I don't have tea. a gas card for you yet. But a couple of practical questions. What's the shelf life of, of this demographics? How, how long is its is it life? You know, is it a year? Is it two years before people move on? And the second question I have is, is how many of these events And
1: what's the time frame between each of these events? Good question. Okay, first question, I'll answer the first. Uh, Probably a year. Okay. And then you have the turnover, if you will, that we need to go through the cycle again. Yeah. There's turnover, people move, uh, people have different interests, and not just people moving out, but people moving in. Right. Uh, So probably a year, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of the frequency, uh, at least, at least once a month or maybe once every two months. Right. Uh, so therefore something is going on consistently.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I referenced it earlier, the gospel's relational.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Jesus won people's confidence. Then he bade them, follow me. Yeah. And so establishing that a relationship, consistently doing something, that's community friendly, and then the follow-up.
0: Yeah, we, we've got just over a minute to go. I wonder, is, is there a, a story of, of somebody that has has come through that, you know, you've seen a dramatic life change or a beautiful experience as a result
1: of this. Definitely, I can share this quickly. Uh, In Huntsville, Alabama, Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, have at Oakwood University an adult education program, we call it LEAP. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so leadership education for the adult professional. Um, There was an individual in our city from South America, Uh, she uh, enrolled in the LEAP program. Very friendly, whatnot. Saw that there was a church on the campus. Uh, we have a big New Year's Eve worship celebration every year, and we bring in a very popular musical artist. This year we bring in Jamie George, wow. the great violinist. Yeah. Um, this individual heard about our, our program and she decided to come. And uh, she came, of course, we had our cards. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got her name, followed up with her. Uh, She uh, enjoyed the concert and then started visiting our church. Got a Sabbath school lesson, started reading it, filling it out. Long story short, I just baptized her into the church about a month and a half ago, praise be to God. But it was as a result, she first came for a class. After that class, she came to that concert. We followed up with her. Uh, She came, started coming to church, enjoyed Sabbath school. She's now a baptized Christian for the Lord Jesus. Wonderful. Thanks
0: so much, Carlton. We're very appreciative of you coming on the program. And we're looking forward to your next program with us as well, which will be part three and the final in this series. But we want to thank you for joining us in Ministry in Motion for this program as well. Remember, this is part two of a three-part series on creating a movement of evangelism in your local church. You remember, you can catch the earlier program on our website, ministryinmotion.tv. But stay tuned right here on the Hope Channel and on our website where you can catch this great program. Until next time, may God bless you richly and bye for now.